been talking about returning to the Lord uh, really all of January. And then uh, this month in February, we, we started talking about what, what do you find when you do return? Like when you run to God and you get there and you come to your senses and you're like, God, I need you. And you just get to that place in your life where you humble yourself and you just say, God, I don't need all this stuff. I don't need all these things that I think are so important in this world. I need, God, you. You are my only, you are the only bridge out of here. You know, everything else might satisfy and bring pleasure for now, but God, you, I, I know you are the only one who can take me beyond. And I want to go beyond, right? That's where I want to end up in eternal life, not just having a good time on planet Earth. Right? And when you come to your senses and, and you, we wise up, I don't, don't mean you, I mean me too, us. When we wise up and we get to that point and we go, you know, I don't need all this stuff. I, can, I don't need it. I'll just live my life, but I'm focused on God because life is more than just here. And when we return to God and we come to him and we humble ourselves and we repent, as the scripture says, right, that passage on that banner, you know, we turn to the Lord, and we repent, and he wipes away our sins, and times of refreshing come from him. That's a good day, right? That's a good day. And then we get to live in that every day, right? We live in that day every day. We live in that refreshness of God all the time, and what a great life. I mean, that's the life worth living right there. We're going to talk more about that today, because we talked about, you know, once you return, what you find, and we said what you find is What you find is amazing. What you find is a shepherd, a father God who is a shepherd, the great shepherd, and he is a father that is full of love. His arms are open, and when you come to your senses and you come wandering back home, what you find is a father who loves you. He loves you. He just loves you. He doesn't condemn you. He he doesn't, like, point fingers at you. He just simply knows you, and he loves you. He understands. He understands why you do what you do. Better than you do. Isn't that good news? I mean, I don't even understand half the things I do, but God knows. And he just shakes his head and he says, I love you. You know, I love you. And and then what we find, what we said was, we find a father who not just loves you, but one who accepts you. Because we're all different, right? We're all a little bit different. That's a good thing. Okay, it's a good thing we're not all alike. But we're all different. We all have our strengths. We all have our weaknesses. And when we come back to him, when we return to the Lord, we find a father who accepts you. That's different than just loves you because we are to love everyone. But accepting someone or bringing them into your, like into your world, that's different, right? And God does that to us. He accepts us. He, he allows us to come in. He, he, he lets us belong to him and his family. That's huge. I mean, in a world that is so crazy, that, that's a big deal. That God, the creator of the universe, accepts us. And then we found out last week that, that when we run to him, what we find is salvation. Forgiveness of our sins, right? We find, we find a God who wants to not just love us right there where we are, accept us into his family, but he wants to wash us clean and forgive our, our, of our sins and, and make us whole and pure again. You aren't going to find that. We're not going to find that anywhere else. There's no store you can go to. There's no group you can join. There's no country you can fly to, to or planet even, 
that you're going to find what God has for you when you return to him. Today, when you return, you're going to find one more thing. And this is our last thing we're going to talk about. We're going to move on next week. What you find when you return to him is you find abundant life. That's good, right? That's abundant life. That's a big word. That's a good word, right? That's a great word. Because some people just have life. But when you come to him, you have like abundant life. Uh, so turn with me to John chapter 10. That's, that's the passage we're going to dig into today. John 10. Great passage about abundant life. And I hope you're living in this abundant life. I, I hope you're, you're living every day knowing that God has more for you than you could ever hold. You know, that the things of this world are so, so rusty and small compared to the riches that God has for you. You know, in comparison, there is no comparison. There's no comparison between what God has for you and what you think you can get on this planet. There's, it doesn't even come close. This is just cheap stuff that we run after on this planet. John chapter 10. We're going to read the first 18 uh, verses here about, about this abundant life. So verse 1, very, very, very truly, I tell you, Jesus said to the Pharisees, and that's important, kind of, he's talking right to them, he says, Truly I tell you, Pharisees, okay, that's, that's, you know, the audience is bigger than that, but that's who he's kind of like directing his thought at right now. He says, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Verse 7, therefore Jesus said again, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd. He does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and he runs away. Then the wolf attacks and the flock is scattered. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and he cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, Jesus said. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father, I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my Father. What an amazing passage, isn't it? I just read those words, just think about this, this, this illustration that Jesus has given about sheep. 
and we know that we are sheep, like we are just innocent little sheep just running around doing our own thing. And we need a shepherd, right? A sheep has to have a shepherd or a sheep is in trouble. The question is, who are we going to let be our shepherd? Right? We get to decide that while we're on this earth. Who is going to be my shepherd? What am I going to allow to lead my life? Or who am I going to allow to lead my life? And we decide that every day. Are we going to let the world lead us? Are we going to let our own pleasures and our own desires lead us? Are we going to let the system of the American way lead us? Or are we going to let God, the good shepherd, who loves you, lay down his life for you, lead us? That's the question that we all have to struggle with today. And he says in verse 16 there, uh, just a note, I have other sheep that are not of this pen. That's a Jew-Gentile thing he's talking about, right? Jew-Gentile. We're not talking about aliens. Right? Some people like to use this verse and say, yeah, there's aliens out there. Look right there. He says, I have sheep that are not of this pen. See, but we are aliens in one sense of the word in that we are not of this world, right? We are of another kingdom, a kingdom not of this world. And in that way, God calls us strangers and aliens of this world. But when he talks about other sheep from another pen, he's not talking about little green guys running around the universe. All right, sorry, I hope I didn't burst anybody's bubble. Verse 10, he says, this is our key verse. He says, the thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. That's abundant life. Some of the translations say full or fullest. Some of your translations might say abundant life. The J.B. Phillips says more life than before. And the idea is, wow, a lot of life. A lot more life than you could ever imagine. A lot more life than you could ever grab onto. I mean, God has for you more than you will ever know. He, he is the ability in you to do more than you could ever hope or dream. Abundant life. And not just what he's able to do in you and through you, but what he has for you. This abundant life that he has for us forever and ever that is ours. The promises of God are ours. This word abundant life is connected to the words like this, exceeding or overflowing or beyond measure. The word thick or fat is connected to this word abundant, right? Fully grown, super fluidity. That's a good word, right? Like oozing. Goosh, 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 goosh. Like just oozing with abundant life of God that he has for you. That, that more than you could ever handle. More than you will ever know. More than you could ever like even think of. It's just like so much life. It's big and it's abundant. And when you return, what you find is abundant life. You find life thick and overflowing. That's what you find. That's good news, isn't it? And that's good news, because when we come back to God, when we come back to our senses and we realize, I need him, I need you, Lord, God says, good, you're never going to believe what I've got for you. Right? He's got so much for you, so much for you. I want to share with you some things, what abundant life is, and the first thing is this, from our text, from these verses, abundant life is this, it's having a shepherd that knows you. That's what abundant life is, is having a shepherd. This is not just some system that you let lead you. This is not just some worldly way that we're going to allow lead us. We're going to choose to let God, the great shepherd of the creation, lead us. And he knows you. This is a personal thing that God wants to have with you. 
This is not just some, some system or some political party or army that is just controlling you. This is a God who loves you and wants to know you and wants you to know him. Look at verses 2 to 4. We're going to dig back into verses 2 to 4 here. He says, The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of him, and his sheep follow him. Why? Because they know his voice. They know him, and he knows them. That's, a, that's the personal relationship that God wants to have with you. This is not, we're not here to, to, to check the box of some religious activity that we did this week. We are here because we love our God and he loves us and we want to have a relationship with him. This is not religion. This is not, we're not here for any form of religion. We're here because we have a living God who is our savior and our shepherd and he loves you. Like personally, he loves you and he knows you and he, he wants you to know him. You know, that's intimate, right? That's personal. That's not some cold rule keeping set of law. This is a personal relationship that God wants to have. So what does it mean to know somebody? Now, what does it mean to know somebody? We, we know a lot of people, right? But there's a difference between knowing people and really knowing people. Right, knowing people. You may know a lot of people, but there's only a few people that you like let in or let you in. And you know each other well. You grow together deeper. Right? You experience life together. You do things together. Not acquaintances, but people that you know. Like you know things about them that other people may not know. Right? God knows these things about us, and he wants us to know him on a very personal level. The shepherd, he made you. See, he knows you more than you will ever know yourself. Not only did he made you, but he molded you, right? He molded you, and he loves you. He formed you. He, he knows who you are, and he knows every little detail about you. That's scary, kind of, right? Like freaky almost. Like he knows everything about you. Your strengths, your weaknesses, every thought you have. So all those negative thoughts that we have and all those bad feelings that we have as we go through life and we think these things that we know we shouldn't think, God knows us. He knows you. And he's willing to admit that you thought that thought more than you're willing to admit that you thought that thought. Right? We like to just pretend we didn't think it or do it or say it. But he knows every bit of that and he still knows you and he still loves you. And with him, it's this two-way street, right? It's, it's not just him knows you, but he wants you to really know him, too. And the big question here is, is does, does he, not, not that he, does he know you, but does, the big question is, do you know him? Do we know him? Do we want to know our creator? In verse 4b, it says, the sheep know him. And look what it says. They know him, and they follow his voice because they know him. And when you know the shepherd, you can follow his voice. Know the shepherd. See, abundant life is about the fact that we have a shepherd that knows you and he wants you to know him. Number two, abundant life means this. We have a shepherd that is able to grant salvation. We talked about salvation last week, right? 
There's all kinds of, of, of ways out there, people claiming that they can get you to heaven or so many different paths that claim that they can take you there. But there's only one God who sent his only son who died on a cross and proved that he was the savior of the world and his name is Jesus. Right? He's Jesus. He alone is worthy to be worshipped and praised and he alone can save. Only Jesus can save you. Right? Last week we said that salvation means that not only is Jesus the only way to heaven, but he's came to save us, to die on a cross, to pay the penalty for our sin, to save us from what's to come. And what's to come is the wrath of God. It's coming. The day of judgment is still out there. It's going to come, right? We know that. And one day that day will come and life will be no more and the end will come and we'll stand toe-to-toe with God. And if we haven't been made right with him, we're on the wrong side of salvation. We're in trouble. Only in a relationship with Jesus can we escape the coming wrath. And salvation is equal to the kingdom. When you come into salvation in Jesus, you enter into his family. And we said that salvation is forgiveness of sins one time for all. Jesus died one time on a cross for every person that has ever lived or will ever live. And only in Jesus can you find the forgiveness for your sins. Only in Jesus. And we come to him. Isn't that good? Isn't it, isn't it awesome? We just can sit here this morning and just give God thanks that he got our attention. Somewhere in our, in our history, God got your attention and you came close to him. And now in him you have all that he has for you and forgiveness of your sins. There's people out there who haven't come close to him yet. They haven't come to their senses. They're still wandering in the dark. Right? They're out there being pulled and beaten and destroyed by the enemy. And they haven't had their eyes opened. They haven't come to their senses. And Jesus is the only shepherd. Having abundant life means that we have a shepherd that can grant salvation. He says in verse 9 and 10, I am. Look what he says, I am the gate. Right? right? Not I stand next to it. Not uh, I know where it's at. Here's a ticket. I, Jesus says, I am the gate. You don't even go to heaven. You don't even get to eternal life unless you go into Jesus, in him. He is the gate. Whoever, that means anyone, all people, enters through me will, this is emphatic, will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. That's about freedom. That's about the freedom that you have in him. That when you come to him and your sins are wiped clean, you can truly live this abundant life that God has called you to. Until then, you're living in bondage. Right? If you aren't free in Christ and saved by his blood, you are living in bondage, in, in a prison in a sorts. And there's no coming in and going out. You're locked up. You just don't know it. But in Jesus, in a relationship with Jesus as your shepherd, abundant life means that you're saved from that. You're freed from that. They will come in and they will go out and find pasture. The thief, he comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. Full life, abundant life is having a shepherd that knows you. It's having a shepherd that is able to grant salvation. He's the only one that can save you from the coming wrath of God. Only Jesus. Here's a danger, though, as we read through this and we're thinking about this thing, is, is this. The world is in danger 
And it's, it's a big red flag, should be to all of us as we read through this passage. And the danger is this, many people don't or won't have life or abundant life. Okay, to think right now that there are people that you know, friends, families, neighbors, they don't have abundant life. They don't have life at all in Christ because they have never come to him. Okay, look what, in John chapter 5, a few chapters back, Jesus is talking about his testimony. He's talking about John the Baptist and John's testimony about who Jesus is. But then Jesus says there's a greater testimony. And in John chapter 5, verse 36, he says this, I have testimony weightier than that of John's. For the works that the Father has given me to finish, the very works that Jesus said I am doing right here while he's talking, what, what, what I, that I am doing, testify that the Father has sent me. And the Father who sent me has himself testified concerning me. You have never heard his voice, nor seen his form, nor does his word dwell in you. For you do not believe the one he sent. There are plenty of people out there, not just religious leaders, who do not believe in the one that God has sent. They have been sold into slavery by the enemy to other forms of rulership. The enemy is wreaking havoc in their life and they're following everything else, systems and governments and finances and all kinds of things and stuff of the world, but they are not following Christ. They have never given in to his word and his son. They have never surrendered to Christ. And look what he says, verse 39, he says, you guys, you, you religious leaders he's talking to, you study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify, Jesus said, about me. That's a, that's a huge red flag. should be to all of us. Now, we can know all kinds of things about God. We can know all kinds of things about scripture, Old Testament facts, archaeology, everything Jesus ever said and did, and still not know Jesus. That's what these men are being charged of right now by Jesus. You study the scriptures, you know it all, you've been to the schools, you study on, under all the great names, and you still don't know me. How can that be? How could that ever be that you could be in church and still be lost? Verse 40, this is how. Yet you refuse to come to me to have life. That's how. You know it all, Kind of got it in your back pocket, but you don't really come to Jesus and surrender to him like now, like all the time. You gave your life to him at one point in the past, in the past but, but, and you think you can live on that one decision, but you can't. What you live on is daily surrendering to him. And that's a big red flag in this story about the good shepherd. The warning for mankind is this, that if you don't turn to Jesus, if you don't come to your senses, you will not have eternal life. See, he has given us life to the fullest. It's there for anyone who wants it. It's for the taking, right? right? Abundant life is, he knows you, he grant, he's the one who can grant salvation. And number three, uh, abundant life is having a shepherd that will protect you. That's what the text says. Look at verses 11 to 15. Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd, right? What does he do? 
The good shepherd not just stands and will take a bullet for you or protect you in this world as you make your way through this world on your journey, but the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. That's the ultimate in protection. That you have a God, a Father God, the creator of the universe, who sent his son. Are we like getting this? I don't think we are. Who sent his son, not from this earth, but from heaven. He came here and he died in your place for you. I don't, my mind can't even like hold on to that. That's just bigger than I'll ever really even know. All I know is it's better than anyone else ever dying for me. I know it's better than the president coming to, uh, you know, Burlington, North Carolina, laying down his life for me. As cool as that might be, this is greater than that. This is God. He died for you in your place. I mean, we have a shepherd that wants to give us abundant life, and he's willing to protect us, even lay down his life for us. Not so with the hired hand. You know, all other leaders, all other uh, false shepherds, all other people who claim that they can help you in your life, the hired hand is not the shepherd. He does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, what's he do? He runs. He abandons the sheep and runs away. The wolf comes in and attacks the flock, and it's scattered. A man runs away. Why? One, because he's a hired hand. Two, because he cares nothing for the sheep. See, we've got a lot of people out there promising a lot of things to you and to the world and to mankind, but they care nothing for you because the devil is a liar. He's a liar. He's a thief, and he's a liar. And he will lie you right into his eternal pit if we let him. Jesus says in verse 14, I... I, again, I, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I, Jesus says, I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. See, protection for people is a huge thing, right? That's why there's chaos in the world today. People don't feel safe. Right? They don't feel safe in their streets. They don't feel safe in their neighborhoods or their communities. They feel like they're going to be beat up or picked on. They can't go to school, can't ride the bus. They can't do anything because they're paralyzed by the fear of somebody picking on them or beating on them or killing them. That's the world we live in, is it not? I mean, that's what it's like. Protection for human beings is huge, and we're in chaos because people don't feel safe. Discrimination and hate is everywhere. The enemy is having his way in the world. And in the world where the hired hand who does not care for you is in control, you will never be safe. When the devil is involved, if the enemy is involved, there will be no peace and there will be no safety, especially eternal salvation. See, Jesus, though, our shepherd, it says, our shepherd to the very death, our creator, shepherd God, is able to protect you, not just in this life, but for all eternity, right? We have a shepherd that protects us. That's abundant life. You don't, we don't have to live in fear. We just trust God. Wherever we go, whatever we do, whatever we, God calls us to, if you're thinking about, I want to find out about Haiti, but I'm scared to go to Haiti, hear all these reports, people die in Haiti, they take Americans and they do stuff to them. No, they don't. Okay? That's fear. That's the enemy. Okay, that's the enemy. Instilling fear in people. Don't go do that. If you want to know more about Haiti, you need to come to the meeting next Sunday night at 6 o'clock. We're going to go to Haiti. 
And we're going to overcome some fear. Abundant life, finally, is this. It's having a shepherd that has all authority, right? He has all authority, all power, dominion, rule. He is Lord. He is God. That's who he is. And when you accept him and you receive abundant life, you receive a God, the God who has all authority. Verse 16 to 18, I have other sheep. They're not of this pen. I must bring them also. Those are the Gentiles that are going to come eventually, right? Cornelius, uh, the, the Holy Spirit is poured out on Cornelius and other Gentile groups. And they receive the Holy Spirit the same way the Jews did. And their conclusion is, whoa, God is letting others in to the pen. And here they come. It's the Gentiles. You've got to come on Wednesday night. Grow with us in that. Okay, um, I have other sheep that are not this primary. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice. There shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. That's what a good leader does, right? A good leader lays down his life for his sheep, for his friends, for people. Right? Jesus laid down his life and he took it up again, destroying death, destroying the final sting, the sting that got us all down. In verse 18, no one takes it from me, but I lay it down. On my own accord, I lay it down. I have authority, Jesus said, to lay it down. I have authority, once I'm dead, to come back to life. How do you pull that off, Jesus? There's only one way. He's God. That's how. You're God. That's how you do it. I can't do it. I can't die and then come back to life on my own accord. Can you? No, either can anyone else. Only one person. That's why he is the only way. He's the only way out of this life and to the next. His name is Jesus. And he said, this command I received from my Father. That's the only place that kind of authority comes. Ultimate authority that Jesus is Lord. He's Lord of heaven and earth. He's Lord of life and death. And abundant life is in asking Jesus to be the Lord of your life. That's where you find this abundant life. You just simply surrender. You surrender to him. And so when you come to your senses, when you return to the Lord, when you do this and you, you realize, God, I need you. I need you, God. I need you. When you do that and you return, you, you find a, the Father, Father God, the shepherd, the great shepherd who loves you, right? You find the God who, who, who accepts you. You find a God who can, is able to grant you salvation, who knows you, who wants to protect you, and his complete authority to do all of the above. And he's the only one who has. He's the one we come to. And this shepherd, this person, Jesus, is worth following. Right? And so I ask you today, come back. Come back to the shepherd of your soul. Come back to the only one who can give you eternal life. Come back to him. Today, as we sing, as we worship, as we kind of close this out today, just, just humble yourself. Even right now, just would you close your eyes and just humble yourself to him and just say, God, I just need you. Just tell him that you are in need of his grace and his forgiveness and his love. Surrender again to God. Get your heart and your soul and your mind completely in tune with him right, right now. If you've never accepted Christ as Lord, I invite you to do that. I encourage you to, to come and talk to me, talk to somebody about what that looks like or how to do that. And we'll help. I'll help. I want to see people come to know Jesus because that's abundant life. Father, we pray that you'll speak to our hearts as we, as we sing, as we worship, that we'll surrender to you everything that we are. 
whatever's going on in our life, God, we'll just confess it to you and, and give it to you and move forward with you, God, knowing that you love us and you accept us, that you cleanse us, you want to walk with us, you want to know us, you want us, God, to know you. So speak to our hearts, Father, as we sing. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.